Pittsburgh Steelers fans, happy new year. Welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I am Jeff Harvin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you, or with me, I should say, on this January 1st of 2020 is Lance Williams. He is in a hotel somewhere trying to fight off barking dogs. Lance, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening, Jeff? What's happening, Steeler Nation? Yes, I mean, when you're dedicated to doing the show, you know, you make it happen. So right. instead of the Ikea couch, you see curtains in the back. <laughs> That's fine. That is fine. I'm glad you're on the show. We haven't talked in a while because last week was obviously Christmas. You were not able to join us. You didn't do the post-game show uh, this past week because of a, a conflict when they moved the game back to yes. 425. So I want to get your quick recap because I haven't talked to you in a while on air. Um I want to talk about just your thoughts on week 17 and how everything played out. You know, it was kind of Keystone Cop-ish on offense. Um, you know, the ball security with the quarterback, continuing to turn the ball over, you know, not making winning plays and winning situations. But I'm going to echo Dave's thoughts. I think I was most disappointed with the play of the defense in terms of it stopping the run. You know, in that type of weather with RG3 playing, you know you got to choke the runoff. I mean, RG3 was absolutely terrible in the game, and the only way they could win that game would be if you turned the ball over and you allowed them to run the ball. They run for probably over 250. You lose the football game. That's a game where you have to dominate their running game and really choke it off to give yourself an opportunity to win. So I think the defense was really good this year, but I think this was a time when – they could have really stepped up and, and, and dominated in this game, and, and they didn't. Would have been a struggle anyway, given the fact that they, for some reason, just can't score more than 10 points. But, you know, that was my little bit of disappointment. But, you know, at some point in that game, I think early in that game, the season was pretty much over. So maybe that affected some of the intensity as well. Well, uh that, yeah, I think that if, if they score, and I don't know if M&T Bank was showing the scores of the other games, and if they, I think when um, it was in the third quarter, Tennessee went up by two touchdowns, and you're thinking, A.J. McCarron's not doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think Bud's pretty commented that they were, or at least maybe when the game was out of hand, I think they started showing the score in M&T Bank all the time. So they kept showing it, the, the Titans-Houston score, they kept showing it over and over and over and again. And I think Bud Dupree had mentioned that and said that he thought that that was a uh, pretty hashtag wing Harbaugh-ish. That's right up his alley, man. Now, I do want to – the last thing, and a lot of people in the live chat are saying, why are we reliving this? And I said earlier it's because I haven't spoken with Lance about the game at uh, on air. We talked about this in the post game between myself, Brian Davis, and Dave Schofield. I don't know if you listened to our post game. Yes, I did. Brian was killing me. He was well, absolutely <laughs> killing me. He also brought up how he, you know, the fake punt, throwing deep. He said it was right up Wang Harbaugh's uh, at Avenue and or right down his alley. What were your thoughts on that? Is that Bush League or hey, it's football? You got to stop it. You know, I, I'm going to say it's, it's football. You got to stop it. Um, I wouldn't do it personally, but. You know, if you stop it, particularly the fake punt, you put yourself in a good opportunity to win. I agree with your point. You know, you might give Devlin Hodges the ball on the five. You may not get a touchdown, so it may not make any difference. But, I mean, it's football. I mean, you've got to stop it. I think if you do that stuff in high school, if you do it in Pop Warner, I think it's really Wang Harbaugh-ish. But, 
you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, win the game, go out there and win the game and, and punish people. And maybe they won't do it. But I did like the Steelers approach to um, a lot of the zone read concepts that the Baltimore was doing. Absolutely massacre the quarterback. So if you throw deep and you do wing Harbaugh-ish stuff and you continue to run those type of plays, you know, you just put a little hot sauce on the tackles. Yeah. There you go. I I gotta I have to address this before we move on in the show. My gosh, everyone's saying how I look like I'm ten or that I'm clean shave. Yes, I shave my face. Okay, give me a break. And then some people even commenting on my. I guess now it's like a throwback. This is their old school colors. My Sidney Crosby sweater. The Penguins are red hot right now. And for me, it's hockey season. It's football season's over. I know that the playoffs are still coming on, but. Wow, you switched really fast. (laughs) I always do, man. When the Steelers are done, I go straight to the hockey sweaters, and it's ready to get. (laughs) You had it prepped and ready. Yes. So, okay. Now, um, Frank, I do have a Mario jersey. I'm just not wearing it now. He brings that up. So let's talk about the headline or the, uh, the episode title, and that is, what does 2019, both the positives and negatives, because Not everything in 2019 was bad. Okay, let's be honest. There was a lot of positives to draw from the past season. But we're going to look back at 2019 and say, what is it going to tell us about 2020? This could include things like roster depth. This could include things like potential free agents and what we think could happen with that particular, um, you know, with that particular player that might be on the fence in terms of, Staying, leaving, what do we think? Um, I want to start on offense. The, the the number one position that intrigues me the most out of both sides is running back. And I, I don't I don't know why it intrigues me so much, probably because I look at the running back position and see you have a stable of backs right now in James Connor, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, Kareth White. If you want to throw Trey Edmonds in there and they re-signed um ralph webb i call him frank but anyways they have those six players i would say that if they were to go into 2020 with those same players and not adding anyone i wouldn't be shocked but at the same time the durability of james connor has become a huge problem and something that mike tomlin actually addressed a little bit in his end of the season press conference on tuesday now lance What's your overall impression of the running backs in 2019? And what do you think that'll mean for them in 2020? If I were just to give it a grade, I would say they were probably a C minus this year. And I think that was largely due to the fact of James Conner's durability. But before I finish, what did Tomlin say about James Conner? If you could, if you could preface it. Just about how he can't stay. He's he, you got to be on the field. You know, they, 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 for the second straight year, his durability has been an issue, and he's yeah, missed, you know. he's not missing. Just uh, you know, he's got a he's got a knee. He's going to miss it two games, and, he, and he's back. He's missing. Shoot, what did he miss? Eight games this year? Something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah, he can't just, be a number one back and miss half the season. You just can't. Yeah. Or if or if you're that good, or if you're going to miss that many games, you have to be as good as. What's the back in Minnesota, the explosive back from Florida State? Is it Darius Cook? Um, no, it, it is Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you're gonna be if you're gonna miss that many games, you have to be as good as that guy. 
you have to be as good as the guy when he plays and he's absolutely electric and one of the most ridiculous running backs in the league. But to your point and to Tomlin's point, you can't depend on Connor. So, you know, and I may have to retire the Benny. No chance. He looked good in week 17 against a good I mean, I may have to retire that. So I'm thinking if you're going into 2020, uh, I think White has played himself on the roster, particularly in special teams as well. Plus, he he, he gives you some juice as well at the running back position. I think Samuels is still there. I think Connor, I, I think they keep him because he's on a rookie contract. Everyone's cheap. Everyone that you just but, named is dirt cheap. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I think Connor is an is a question mark. I don't know if he'll be on the roster. I think his pay keeps him on the roster and his pedigree keeps him on the roster because he was a draft pick and he's cheap. But I think Benny Snell, and I and I can't use I can't use that anymore. I think Benny Snell, given that performance against Baltimore, uh, has put himself in the mix to be the starter next year. I mean, he ran with uh, physicality, decisiveness, and, and you know and it, it looked like weird. I was like, wow, this guy is, you know, th- this guy is playing pretty well. And, uh, you know, he got nicked this year as well. You know, it, it, it comes part and parcel with the position. But I think they need a little bit of juice in the position. I mean, I, I think they need some juice there. I wouldn't be as confident as you are, I think, with the group uh, next year. Um, but if, if they could bring in a little bit more juice with that group, you know, I'd be a little bit more happy. Okay, so who are you going to get rid of if they bring it back? Because you're not keeping it. Uh, Trey Edmonds and Webb will count them out. Right. Out of White, Samuels, um, Connor, and Snell. If you're it's got to be Connor. It, it's got to be Connor. And see, well, well, why not Jalen Samuels then? Like, what does Jalen Samuels do? I mean, he's. I, I think Jalen Samuels, I think it's the point of health. I think he'll be around. He'll be around to be average. I mean, so, yeah. you, you know, at least you're around to be average as opposed to being slightly, uh, slightly above average and hurt and not available. Um, you know, what's your best ability? What do they say all the time in football is availability. And right now, a hurt running back doesn't really help you. Well, let me ask you this. If, if, would you be content with this running back core if they went into the season, but the offensive approach was more running back by committee. In other words, they're not going to rely on James Conner to get all the carries. Benny Snell might get half of the carries. You might see them sprinkle kind of what they did in Conner's absence this year. Well, when he was out, they, they kind of did a running back by committee. Do you think that's something that they could work with? And do you think James Conner would be able to thrive better in that situation and not having all those carries under him? I think in theory that sounds well, but my my when you talk about the Steelers running game currently, you know, the issue that I always think in my head and the trepidation I have is Randy Feetner and Ben Roethlisberger. So I think if you don't have a dominant back and you make it a committee of average guys, they won't run the ball. You know, they won't run the ball. I think it took a Mr. Butt Naked and Robbed to make them run the ball that much because he was a dominant back. I think you need a dominant back to make Randy and Ben the Randy and Ben show or the Ben and Randy show, not throw it 40 times a game. So I think it would work in terms of keeping those backs healthy, but I think that would just give them a little more impetus to scrap the running game anyway. 
I think for me, the one thing is we go through all these positions today, and we may not get to every position today. We're just going to go over selected ones. Um, for me, it's all I'm going to keep the salary cap in the back of my head because the Steelers, even though Mr. Third and Fifth's hefty dead cap comes off the books, uh, you, I don't even what you would call him Big Ben, Big Big Ben, Big 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 Ben. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> his his hey, salary his salary escalates a lot in the back two years of his deal. And so they don't have as much cap space as you think that they do. A lot of fans I've seen on Twitter saying, oh, well, Antonio Brown's, he's off the books. Well, yeah, and then because they backload all these contracts, they're not going to have as much space as you think. So everyone's talking about, in the live chat, I've seen people say, you know, let's go after Kareem Hunt, things like that. But the problem is that these guys cost money. And the Steelers, you have to ask, are you going to be able to spend any money? And if you're going to prioritize a position, is running back on a top a position like wide receiver or offensive line or maybe even a veteran backup quarterback? Here's you know? the funny thing. You said Kareem Hunt. And if you guys get a chance, listen to my show that I did maybe about seven months ago when I talked about on a yeah, I said it, why the Steelers should shine Kareem Hunt. I was absolutely lambasted and ripped for it, but imagine if they had Kareem Hunt. Let me give you the cap numbers that you were talking about with Ben. So for 2020, uh, their cap, they have $5.48 million left. This is according to overthecap.com in terms of cap space. Ben Roethlisberger in the year 2020 accounts for $33.5 million in cap space. He accounts for, they usually do a percentage here, but I'm going to roughly say uh, close to about 20% of their cap. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He's say 33.5. He counts for 33.5. His base salary is eight and a half. His proration that he carries over is 12.5. Then he's getting a $12.5 million roster bonus. So he's getting in salary or actually in cash, he is getting uh 12.5 and 8.5 what is that that's 21 million dollars so that's how much cash he's getting at the proration and that's why you get it to 33 and a half million dollars if they were to cut him pre-june 1st they would incur a 25 million dollar dead money hit if they were to cut him post june 1st they would take a 12 and a half million dollar cap hit and save 21 million so let me go back to the pre-June one. Their cap savings would be the base salary of $8.5 million. So his dead money charge, uh, if they do a pre-June first, is what really protects him. And the fact that he's been Roethlisberger, he's won two Super Bowls, and clearly, as good as that defense is, they're not going to win um, a ton of games or go to the playoffs if they try to play the two quarterbacks that remain on the roster. 
Well, speaking of quarterback, let's go to the quarterback position. I was really surprised because a lot of people that see me on, whether it's at work or here in town, they, they know that I'm a big Steeler fan and they say, what's going on with the Steelers offense? It's like, well, they don't have a quarterback. And they, well, what are they going to do to fix that? And I said, I think they should get a veteran quarterback that can step in. If, if Roethlisberger is not healthy enough to play or if he gets hurt again, Someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type that has been around um, that is probably not going to cost you a ton of money and is able to win you some football games. And then Tuesday, Mike Tomlin went to the podium and basically shot it down and said, no, Mason Rudolph is our backup. And they asked about Devlin Hodges, and he basically said Mason Rudolph is our backup, kind of making it sound like, Devlin Hodges is going to have to make this team next year. So when you look at the quarterback situation, Lance, in 2020, it sure seems like they're already starting to put all their eggs in the Ben Roethlisberger basket. That can't make you comfortable, can it? Not not at all. And let me give you the quote that Tomlin said. He said, quote, and the question was, Mike, do you see enough Mason Rudolph to be comfortable with him coming back as Ben's backup or might you look at a more experienced backup quarterback? And Tomlin said, I'm comfortable with Mason Rudolph. I'm disappointed that he missed the amount of time that he did. Injuries are part of the game. He had an opportunity there to grow and grow in a lot of ways and get a lot of experience. He missed some time due to injury and performance and so forth, but I'm comfortable with Mason Rudolph. So to your to what you were saying, th- that you know, he stamped Mason Rudolph as the backup. And, and, and that makes sense. I think from a pedigree and a performance perspective, if you compare him to Duck Hodges, he should be the backup. I think that's the plan that Mason Rudolph be the next guy. But I agree. Um, I think Duck Hodges, I thought a couple of weeks ago, I thought had they made the playoffs, he's guaranteed to be on the roster, that that quarterback room would be set. But I think actually, unfortunately for Duck, I think Duck may have played himself off the roster. Duck was dreadful in the last three or four games. I mean, he was just absolutely dreadful. I think all his warts showed as to why he was an undrafted guy. The story was great. Unfortunately, the T-shirts did not move. Um, But, yeah, I think there is room for one more quarterback in that room, and I hope it would be a veteran guy. But I think the hope the veteran guy also could mentor Mason Rudolph and get Mason Rudolph more prepared. But I'm uncomfortable with a 38-year-old guy, hey, 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 Ben Albert, uh, looking 450 pounds, not shaved, on the sidelines, running a 7240 uh, when he was filmed. I, I mean, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. And I, I think the Steelers better get themselves prepared for a guy that may not be the same. Now, he may, but there is a lot. I mean, I love the way you broke it down a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about his injury, that there's no guarantee here, and they better be prepared for that. But, you know, Ben and Tomlin are a dance act. I mean, you know, they are a dance act. He will never criticize Ben and vice versa. That's his guy. I mean, he came in with him. He's going to ride or die with Ben. And so he's going to give Ben every opportunity to be that guy. Yeah. And, you know, they have – and that, that's the, the, the truly scary thing, and I talked about this uh, last week on the show and I did it by myself, was that – the timeline for everything is even more frightening because he's not going to have another checkup until the mid to late February. 
and then you get into March. Now you're talking about you're going to be leading into the draft. Not that they're going to draft a quarterback, but free agency is going to be knocking on the door, and you don't even know if your quarterback can throw. <laughs> Think about that. It's, yeah. it's, it's a tough, tough situation, and it's going to be on Tomlin and Colbert, assuming Colbert will be back. He's doing a year-to-year thing. Um, assuming he'll be back, they're going to have to really figure out from the doctors and, and things like that what's the outlook here. <clears throat> hey, everything looks like it's healed properly, but you don't know until you torque that elbow the very first time uh, what it's going to feel like. So we'll see um, where that goes. Let's go to um, let's go to the defense quickly, and let's go first and foremost outside linebacker, one Alvin Bud Dupree. Now, a lot of people said, you know, oh, you're, Jeff, you just mentioned that you want Fitzpatrick, or you thought Fitzpatrick would fit, but you just said they don't have salary cap space. They're going to have salary cap space, but they're also going to have an increase in the cap. It happens every year. It gives teams a little bit of wiggle room. So they will be able to sign some players. I just don't want people to think that they're going to have this plethora of funds that they can just go out and sign whomever they'd like. So when you're looking at Bud Dupree, how would you handle it? Because Tomlin said in his presser, he is a priority for us. He's a priority. So they want him back. But how do you do it? Franchise tag him? Do you transition tag him? Do you try to get him locked up for the long term? And does anything scare you about the fact that we called him a dud up until 2019 in his fifth year extension? No, I'm not worried about that because, you know, the NFL is what have you done for me lately. He's the player that he is now. Uh, It just took him some time to get there. And, you know, we'll do another show where we we, we really detail the difference between the franchise tag and the transition tag. And the essential difference is just the amount of money that you're going to pay guys. I mean, that's what it kind of breaks down to. We'll, We'll give you guys the nuance. But. I think Bud Dupree is a priority. And I think, you know, given the article that my guy, um, Ian Whetstone, my my salary cap sensei, big up to Ian Whetstone, happy new year to you and the family. They're going to have to cut people because they, because the CBA, they're going into the last year of the CBA. So a lot of the machinations that you can do aren't available. They're going to have to cut some people. And just looking at, the cap numbers here on overthecap.com, you know, Mark Barron, um, Anthony Chicolo, you know, they stand out as a couple of guys that I think are going to get waived. Uh, I think Ramon Foster is a guy that's going to get waived as well. Um, and so those are the, some of the guys that just stand out to me uh, that could get waived. Vance McDonald as well is a guy that I think it could waived. Because uh, when you look at their cap hits, Barron's about eight million, Vance is about seven, Chickalo's about six. So right there, you could get enough money from those three players if you waive them to sign Bud Dupree. But I think you got to do a long-term deal. But here's the rub when it comes to signing Bud Dupree to a long-term deal. TJ Watt is getting highest NFL player in the league type money when they sign him. Like he will be in the top two or three in terms of defensive salary. So the question you want to ask yourself is, you know, do you want to allocate maybe 40 to $45 million to two outside linebackers? That gets pricey. I mean, that takes a lot of your cap. But 
Riddle me this. You can ask any Steeler fan in the world, because that's right. It's not Steeler Nation. It's Steeler Global. We want those two guys. We want those two booking outside linebackers because they wrecked havoc. And if I'm not, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not incorrect, um, didn't they have about 25 sacks combined this year? Maybe 25, 26. TJ finished with, I think, 14 and a half. Or he got a half sack on Sunday, so I think he ended with 15, maybe, maybe 14 and a half. I could be wrong. And then Bud, Bud was around 12, 11 and a half, 12. Yeah, I mean, that, that's awesome. I think they finished with about maybe 55 sacks this year. As a team? Uh, as a team. I haven't looked at that number. I know they – I think they led the NFL. So there you go. I mean, you can't take – you have to keep that production. I mean, that production – I mean, you got to pay for that production. He is a priority. They will bring him back. So there's going to be some blood in the water for 2020. They are going to absolutely cut some people to get that number and get that available. Because here's the thing with the tag with either tag as soon as you tag those players you have to have the cap space you can't push that back or anything you have to have the cap space at the time that they sign their tag and so that's why it becomes a little more difficult as well well let me ask you this and this isn't really about bud dupree it's about tj watt we've seen this happen now mainly with quarterbacks young quarterbacks on their rookie deal we saw it with carson wentz in philly and we saw in L.A. with the Rams with, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm forgetting the quarterback's name. This is awful. Jared Goff, there you go, where they are, before they're done with their rookie deal, they are giving them extensions. And they're hefty extensions, but they're basically keeping them in the fold and trying to get them as team-friendly a deal as they can, as early as they can, because then they're – Everything's going to increase. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. Yes. You think that's something the Steelers should explore with Watt? I mean, he's going into his fourth season, and they'll still have a fifth year of control over him because he's a first-round draft pick, unless the CBA eliminates that. But I think because he's under his current contract, that would stay. But still, would you entertain the thought of giving him an extension and saying, this guy's only going to get better, meaning his cost is only going to go up. So let's lock him in now. Let's give him that. Let's give him a four or five year extension. And then we don't have to worry about him. We'll see what we have left over and then we can uh, attack it then. Oh, absolutely. He's played three years now. So he qualifies for the extension under, I guess, the past CBA. So absolutely. I, I come to him to try to do the extension. However, what does it always take? to the tango he also knows that <laughs> he's like uh i don't think so you know break i want to break the bank you just got to be prepared to break the bank for him he won't get an extension right now because they've got to deal with bud dupree but you've got to be prepared to break the bank for him and one thing the steelers you know the misnomer about the rooney family is that they're cheap and they've been cheap but that's not the case they pay stars they don't pay marginal players they play superstars and they will pay him and given the sack totals of the two, TJ had 14 and a half and Bud Dupree had 11 and a half. So they had okay. 26 sacks combined. And, and I'm just looking at his career as his career pulls up here. I mean, I mean, they hit it absolutely right with Watt. So he's had he had 14 and a half this year, 13 last year. So that's 27 and a half. So he's had 34 and a half sacks in three seasons. 
Let's just round that up to 35. 35 sacks in three seasons. I mean, that, that's 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 getting it done. Yep. And he, he continues his statistics get better and better every year. He's he's not one of those guys that gets complacent. You can just see that about him. And so that's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers approach Bud Dupree. We have Snowman puts $5 in the tip jar. He says, what happens if Ben Roethlisberger can't come back? What do we do then? If you're asking in terms of finances, well, then they would just – they would probably just cut him if he or he would retire. And so then Lance spoke about the dead money hit that they would uh, they would have to have on their books for a year, and then it would be gone, and they would have to just move on with whomever they choose, whether that's Mason Rudolph, whether that's a veteran that they would sign off the streets. Uh, there's not many options because they're not drafting until the second round in the 18th slot. So Conspiracy theory, they would tank to get Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. I can't see that defense tanking. <laughs> the <laughs> offense, tank. the offense, I could see that. They would average 12 points a game, give up 16, lose every game by a field goal, take the under the whole year, become a millionaire, then you get Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 draft after Clemson wins another two national championships. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the the defensive front for a second. Mainly one a, a guy that I was super impressed with impressed with this year, and that's Javon Hargrave. Played his butt off in lieu of uh, Stefan Tuitt being done with a torn tri or torn pectoral muscle. I don't think they're going to be able to sign both Dupree and Hargrave. You agree with that? I think you're spot on. Unfortunately, I think you're absolutely right. So with that being said, Hargrave's gone. Unless, you know, Bud Dupree, I, I would, but by the way, not to, not to backtrack, I would franchise tag Bud Dupree. Um, he's he's going to want a big, long, healthy deal, and I'll say, look, we're going to franchise tag you. We'll, we'll talk about that long-term deal and see if we can come to terms, but I want to see it one more year, personally. That's just me, though. Okay. So I want to see it one more year. But, but so Hargrave, you don't think he's, you don't think he's back. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. But I think it's it's the cap is an issue, but I think it's also – I don't know how much the Steelers value the position. Even as good as he was, I, I still don't know – because I'm, I'm guessing that they still consider him a nose tackle. He played as – But he season. played as end. That's the thing. He filled in for two Yes, and he his filled spot. in for two yeah. So he showed his versatility. He, here's the thing. I don't know how much they value the position, but I think his versatility will play him out of what the Steelers can afford at the moment. I think everybody has seen it. I mean, he's a versatile player that can play the run. He gets sacks. He can play in multiple sub packages and he's young. And because he was a third round draft pick, you may not have to break the bank. It's not as if he was a first rounder coming in with that type of pedigree, and then you have to pay, you know, best defensive lineman in the league money. But I think they're going to let him walk. I think they'll offer him something, but I think they're going to ultimately let him walk and they're going to draft a position, um, you know, maybe, and they're going to lean on younger guys like Isaiah Bugs. Uh, but I think they're going to go back and draft a position and feel like they can replace that with a pick or maybe a veteran like a Tyson Alulu, who, in fact, Cal football, Played really well this year. 
Yeah, but I, he's a backup. You know, I, I would never put yeah. him in there and say that he's your starter, but he's a, he's a, he's good at what he's asked to do, and that is to come in, make a play or two, and then cycle on and off the field. I agree, though. I mean, the hey, Hargrave is I, – I almost hope that he goes to a team that utilizes him the way he should have been utilized in Pittsburgh, and that's – Put him on the field more. Let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. He can tear up centers. He's so quick. He does have some strength, but his speed rush is what's what is his calling card is. And it just felt like until this year when Tua went down and they moved him over to end more, they just never really used him that much. We saw more Dan McCullers, or at least I did, at nose guard than I did Hargrave. So, and I don't ever want to see Dan McCullers. So that well, would- here here's the good thing as I look at. The Steelers cap. Uh, actually, Daniel McCullers is on the roster for another season. So, you know, maybe we will get our wish and there'll be no Dan McCullers after the 2020 season. But, you know, you keep we keep saying the name Stephon Tuitt. And Stephon Tuitt counts for $15 million on a Steelers salary cap. And he keeps getting injured. I mean, there's an issue. There's an issue there with, uh, with Stephon Tuitt. The reason why he won't get cut is because if they cut him, his dead cap charge is $17.9 million, and they don't save any money. There is no cap savings. In fact, they would lose almost $3 million in terms of cap savings if they cut him. They have to get him healthy. And I think one of the reasons that they may be willing to let Hargrave walk is they may think that maybe he can finally become healthy and be that guy. But when he plays, he's very good. But Stephon Tewitt is a big question mark when we talk about this front. Can he stay healthy? Because imagine how many sacks they would have had had he been healthy. They might have gotten 60, 65, because he probably gets nine himself. Yeah, because Hayward has had uh, double digits this year. I don't think he did. Um, <clears throat> he was pretty close, I know. So. If you have two on the other side, everyone's just going to have more one-on-ones, and they're going to they're going to get opportunities. We'll put it that way. So, in that regard, you obviously see the we're both thinking that Hargrave was possibly going to be gone. Uh, the last position that I wanted to talk about today is one that I'm not really sure what approach to take to this in regards to free agency, the draft. If players are gone, I can't think too many would be gone, and that's wide receiver. When you think about the wide receivers, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington. Um, I think Deontay Johnson is a star in the making, personally, and I was really impressed with him. Did you know that his five touchdown receptions led the entire Steelers for touchdowns, whether it's rushing? <laughs> yeah, rushing yeah, or rushing? yeah, yeah, because I think the Steelers only had six rushing touchdowns the whole year, uh. so I'm not surprised. Um, There was another stat about Deontay Johnson. I think I read uh, from ESPN stats and information. He averaged something close to like three yards of separation on routes was like the number one in the National Football League. I think Deontay Johnson is a star to make. I think the only thing he needs to correct is ball security. His ball security is pretty inconsistent and pretty bad. But I think I I like the wide receiver position, especially if Juju can stay healthy. I, I like the young guys. I think they will look very good with Ben Roethlisberger. I know Steeler Nation may be a little bit down on, on the wide receiver position, but I think those young guys have taken some leaps and bounds, especially Washington and Deontay Johnson. And Washington 
I think Washington is finally rounding into that guy that they thought he was. I can't wait to see what he looks like and him and Deontay Johnson with the healthy Juju look like next year. I'm excited actually about that position group. Add maybe a veteran um, to go with that group. Um, I'm really excited about that group. Now I want one more. I want him in the draft. I want someone that's that burner straight line yeah. speed. That's what yeah. I want is that that's the one thing I feel like this offense is missing is that it's that Johnny Holton type that can actually X. catch the foot. You want an X. You want an X receiver. You yeah. want that classic X, 6'3", 6, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 4'4". You want Martavius Bryant. You want Martavius Bryant. Exactly. Is Deion Kane that guy? I don't know because we didn't see enough of him. We don't know. I don't know. But we'll see how that goes. But it's it's an interesting situation where – the the wide receiving core in the future, I think it's I think the future looks bright for that group. I think they do. So, what about you? Are there any positions that you look at and say, okay, this is going to be an interesting, an interesting group to keep an eye on for whatever reason? Offensive line, I think the offensive line underperformed. It, it, it was supposed to be the best unit on this team, and I think it underperformed. And because it couldn't run the ball consistently. Um, I think it really impacted the offense. I mean, I talked about it on a show. I mean, what do young quarterbacks need? They need a defense. They need good special teams. They need running game. You know, and when you're in situations where a Devlin, Duck Hodges, and or Mason Rudolph have to throw the ball 30-plus times to get your wins against good teams, you're not going to win those games. I was pretty disappointed in the offensive line this year. I think they should move on from Ramon Foster. I think they've got to get younger and more athletic at that position. And I just want to see what that group looks like next year. It was a strength. I don't think it's a strength that most people thought. I don't think Pouncey is the Pro Bowl player that most people think. The Castro is a stud. But other than that, I think the offensive line went from being elite to average. Do you know what I would do on the offensive line? Dare say. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking in the – Second, third, fourth, to I'm looking at offensive line as as maybe the potential target. I could go center, uh, someone like a BJ Finney, because I'm not sure if he'll be back because he's probably gonna price himself out of town. Um, good for him, by the way. I mean, these guys have been backups for years. If they get a chance like Kelvin Beecham and um, you know, Chris Hubbard, uh, you you don't feel bad. They didn't diss the they didn't pull a Mr. Third and Fifth on him. Um, I would take Matt Filer and move him to Ramon Foster's left guard spot because I think he's a better guard than he is a tackle. Now, you have all these tackles, whether it's Banner or Chuksakorafor, you better hope that one of those one of those two individuals could lock down that right tackle spot because if you could do that, then you automatically have filled those needs without bringing in, and again, going back to the salary cap, spending excess money i would want to address this in the draft if you find i mean they do have a couple players that were on the practice squad derwin gray from maryland was on the practice squad he is a, a versatile lineman so what are your thoughts on that kind well, of your, well give me your starting lineup for, for 2020 given given the maneuvering that you just talked about well villanueva would still be your left tackle okay and then you would have uh filer at guard 
Pouncey would still be your center. He just signed that huge deal last year. He's not going right. anywhere. And then you have DeCastro, and then you would have a battle between Banner and or Chuksakor for right tackle. Okay. I could, I could go with that. So you could patch patchwork it. And I actually think that, it, and that's not just me. I've seen other people that know a lot more about football say this, that they feel like Matt Filer is a better guard than a tackle. Right. He's a big guy. Yeah. So He's get him. He's also more athletic than Ramon Foster. That's not saying much, but still, you get him on the inside. You let him do some damage there. could help the running game. It's just a matter of do you have someone that can actually – fill that spot. It should be a core four. Okay. He's going into year three. That should be his year to say, okay, I can take this job. We'll see. You know, Banner's from the PAC 12. He's a USC guy. Unfortunately, uh, I, I don't recall him playing much at USC. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not really looking at offensive linemen in college. I'm just looking at the ball fly through the air and teams just roll up the scoreboard. That's pretty much all I'm looking for when it comes to college football. I'm not sure. I mean, if anybody in the live chat, you know, what's his scout? I mean, what's his scout in terms of pass pro? I'm not sure, but I know he's athletic. I mean, the guy was running routes. I was. It was unfortunate that he was not targeted. I predicted that he would get at least one catch this season, but the guy was running routes. So he's clearly athletic because I've seen him run a dig and I've seen him running out. So <laughs> you know, he he's a big guy and he's clearly athletic. So. I don't, I don't, I don't disapprove of that, Jeff. I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a good way to go ahead and do that with the offensive line is to put uh, Filer inside because I think they get they don't get much push, and I think putting a bigger guy inside could help them with that. Uh, and if he's athletic to run a counter play, I mean that's the thing that you have to to see with him. Can he run that counter play? like David DeCastro and get to the edge and pull. Well, I'll tell you what, Lance, if you watch the film of the LA Rams game, this was the offensive line that they threw out. Remember they put Filer on the inside. Yep. And that was because they wanted help with protection because I think Foster was dealing with a concussion. I believe and so. they didn't play Finney. Everyone thought they would put Finney at guard and they didn't. They knew Filer and they put Shooks at right tackle. So if you're looking for the visual of what this would look like, that's your game to watch. I'm going to take a look at that. And that's a great one to look at because they had to deal with the great Aaron Donald in that game. So that, that is a great, and and I'm sure that they have looked at that several times and that might be, I think you hit that one on the head, Jeff. Well, what's going to, what's going to be lousy was you talk about Zach Banner's pass pro. When did he pass protect this year? He was brought in in run packages and he was always moving forward. I doubt there were many opportunities to get a good look at him in pass protection. So I'm not sure. I'm sure there were moments and there were times where they eventually got to the point where they were trying to disguise themselves a little bit, but you know, we'll see that. I don't know. Offensive line is going to be something needs to be addressed though, because it's just not good enough. Any other positions other than Jordan Berry needs to be sent on a one way ticket back home. Yeah, man, I, I don't even want to get on that, man. I mean, jeez, <laughs> I mean that that was just, I mean that 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 I mean that that was just bad. Let me let me read really quickly um, his scouting Zach Banner's scouting uh, notes. His weaknesses, they said his concerns were his size. He's ballooned to three eighty five. In the second sentence, and I'll stop here. Pass pro is a major concern, could be too big and bulky 
to handle NFL edge talent, lacks athleticism and quickness to recover when beaten, slower than desired out of his stance. Let's hope that those notes are accurate and that he's improved steadily last year. Well, he wasn't even, I don't think he was drafted. He was picked up by Cleveland. And you can actually, he did an interview with, um, I want to say it was Missy Matthews of Steelers.com and talked about how he was huge. I'm talking about he wasn't in shape coming out of college. And it wasn't until he got to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh picked him up and Mike Tomlin pulled him into his office like he does with a lot of his players and he goes, Look, man, you, you got to be in better shape if you want to play this game at this level. And it's what do you say, 380? Is that what you said he weighed? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I guarantee if you look at the Steelers roster, he does not weigh 380 now. He's slimmed down a ton since then. So maybe he's working. Maybe they'll give him a chance. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring in other players. I've been wrong before. That's just the fix that I would have. So anything else there, Lance, before we call it a show? No, no other position groups. I'm sure, you know, we'll break everything down. Jeff, let people know. I, I saw a couple of uh, of posts on the live chat and people were concerned that maybe this would turn into a hockey show. So maybe maybe you need to explain at some point or explain just a little bit, you know, maybe what will be next year, what what our listeners can look forward to. A hockey show? No. I know nothing about <laughs> hockey. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I could possibly do a hockey show, but not with Lance. <laughs> no. Blue line, <laughs> four check. Something. Um, so our, our shows are going to be basically the same. Uh, we, I need to talk with Lance about a couple things. Um, I would say that I'm hoping by the first full week in January, we'll give you a, a, a general idea as to what it's going to look like in terms of days of the week and what show is when. And we're going to add in another show um, like my uh, next man up show will be a weekly show. I'm going to try to find a day of the week that works best so that it's always the same day. It might not always be that way. In the offseason, though, we probably won't have multiple shows on the weekends. Um, we'll do the burning question, but that might be it. So we're going to, I need to talk to all the podcasters, get everyone on the same page, see what everyone's thinking, feeling, and then I'll let you all know when we know. Uh, in the meantime, though, make sure you like the videos. Make sure you like the uh, you know, subscribe to our channel, set up your notifications so that you don't miss any any times that we go live. And by all means, if you are listening to us in audio platform, give us a good rating. Give us if you're on iTunes, give us a five star rating. Write something nice in there. It helps our exposure. Uh, Lance, anything to add to that? Want to thank you guys for getting us to five thousand. Yes. subscriptions on youtube i said that you guys would do it so let's shoot for uh seven thousand by march let's do that let's let's try to increase this by at least 750 to a thousand subscriptions per month and and a bit of correction there uh zach banner was drafted originally by the indianapolis colts oh, okay okay he was a he was actually what do they say here i think he was a third rounder uh, no, he was a fourth rounder. He was pick number 31 in the fourth round, overall the 137th pick, and he's moved around. He played for Cleveland. He played for Indianapolis. 
and now he's played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So hopefully he's more than a sideshow Bob that likes to uh, post on Instagram and do funny big guy stuff. Well, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. So but we will be here the entire offseason talking about whether it's specific positions, news that might be going on, rumors that might be swirling. Trust me, get ready for a summer of maybe not even a summer, a winner of Big Ben, of how is his shoulder, how is his elbow, what did the doctor say? Here's the report from, I don't know. We know that's going to happen. It happens even when he's not hurt. Yes. We aren't going anywhere, so make sure you all stay tuned. Uh, Why don't you send us out, Lance, on this New Year Day? Everyone, Happy New Year. May you guys, hopefully you brought in your 2020 safely. Big up the entire Steeler Nation, as always. Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Standard is a Standard.